Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, on the I Work For Him show, we focus on discussions that will challenge you to change the way you think about workplace ministry and your life in Christ. And so today's discussion is, is, is absolutely aimed at that. Martha and I are going to discuss today what the impact is if you run a family-run business or if you work for a family-run business, what are some of the pros and the cons and how did it affect your personal life, your work life, your family life, and, and what's different about it. And I think it's really important that we discuss these things because in Tampa Bay and around the country, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of family-run businesses. So, Martha, here we go. Here we go. All right. So we ran a couple of family-run businesses. Why don't we just why don't we just discuss what those were? Well, we have. I think over the years, the main things that we have done is we have had our own insurance agencies, and then we have also had a car dealership. So both of those things were um, businesses that we started ourselves and um, ran from our home and from offices. 
you know, and I think probably the biggest challenge was when you know we, we both worked for corporations before uh, we started those those home businesses, those family run businesses, and making that transition from getting a a, a daily paycheck or a weekly paycheck, excuse me, or a biweekly mm-hmm. paycheck to going to um, getting a paycheck well whenever you made money, that was the beginning of the stress. I can remember that it was it was in March of two thousand. Excuse me, <laughs> I wish it was two thousand. March of nineteen ninety three where I went from working, that was 94, because Sarah was just a, a little one, mm-hmm. that, that we went from making a daily paycheck, our weekly pay, I can't even get it out, a, a, a bi-weekly paycheck, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we went from making $50,000 a year to $0. And uh, that was a big step. And I can remember how freaky that felt when I signed the papers to go to become an independent insurance agent. <laughs> like, wow, I have to walk away from all those customers that I've sold at my former company, and I have to wait 18 months till I could chase after them. But in the meantime, uh, we've got to pay our bills. And it was that was a big stressor, and that was probably the first stressor. I mean, there was lots of things to organize, but the first stressor was all of a sudden I added financial stress to our mix. Yeah, I think that was the biggest reality part of it, you know, the tangible part where, you know, we were ramping up and we knew it was the right direction to go and everything. But ultimately, the reality of knowing that your performance was in direct relationship to the income that came in and it was delayed by premiums and just how commission structures work and things like that. So I think that was the the reality of, of uh, what we were facing when we made that change. Yeah, it really messed with our head. And I, and I think <laughs> I look back at when we did that, you know, we were, you know, we were young um, and we were, uh, you know, we had never run our own businesses. We had worked for other people and helped them run businesses. We had done some consulting. We mm-hmm. had done, you were working for a small builder at the time, working part time, but it was that, that whole mental stress. And I'm not quite sure we prepared ourselves for the financial stressors. No, I think in a lot of ways, especially when you're young, you just think I can conquer everything. I, I've i learned what I need to know from college and from experience and all of those things. And you just, you know, you just kind of go with it. You figure you figure it out as you go along. But I don't think we necessarily sat down and, and thought through everything thing of what it's going to look like so yeah, no. No, I'm pretty sure we didn't no. I'm pretty sure we didn't it was it was one of those things but okay so the focus of today's show I really want to make sure that we communicate transparently and in a vulnerable vulnerable manner so people can learn from us so that people can actually get up pick up a feel on is it worth it to do a family-run business and what do we got to watch out for what are some of the the things we need to avoid and then on a positive side what are the benefits how, how did it help our family because it really in all it gave us a lot of flexibility but it also added some extra stressors so i want to make sure that we talk about both sides of that and and really in your just as a summary martha what were i mean when you look back at those years you know we're we've always been self-employed in a certain manner but when you look back at those years when we really went all in Mm -hmm. what 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 is what does your gut tell you what i mean how do you how do you feel (laughs) well how i remember it is that there were some days where i was just coping you know just doing what i needed to do to keep the business going to keep the kids um you know well cared for and spend time with them and and uh, try to keep that a priority i remember just a lot of juggling and a lot of um you know just not having a pity party but just thinking you know what i just need to do what i need to get done today and that's going to be my goal <laughs> and you weren't just you weren't just juggling the you were helping me in the insurance business but you're mm-hmm. also we had two kids in diapers 
That was fantastic. And um, <laughs> you were also doing some consulting work for a couple of other businesses. And uh, it, so there was a lot of juggling. You were being mom. You were yep. being helper to me. You were helping bringing some money some other places. And on Monday nights, we were calling. We were. We and, were picking and, up the phone and being those people that cold called. <laughs> which you can't do today, but 20, 20 plus years ago, you could do. All right. But overall, when you look back at it, do you look back at those years with fondness or do you look back at those years with regret? Definitely with fondness. Um, I definitely feel like for us it was the right thing. It's interesting because I think both of us have a lot of that desire to um, – you know, take something from scratch and make it something tangible and and good. And that is something that we were able to do with our businesses and do that in such a manner that we we got to spend more time with our kids um, in the off time and sometimes in the on time. There were times where, um, if you remember, I would be with the kids during the day and then I would work at night, you know, so I just did what I could. But it was in such a manner that we were able to still hopefully keep the kids. It's a priority. You know, when we first started doing it, we our insurance agency was out of the home, but we had a whole de- an office dedicated to it. We lived back in the frozen tundra in Minnesota, and so we had bigger houses. We had basements up there. We, you know, <laughs> here in Florida, basements are swamp, so you can't have basements down here. But what I what I love best is that we took turns, and there was times when the kids just needed to be laid down for a nap, and I had to volunteer. Yeah, that was a rough job you had to do. I well, know you like that. <laughs> what was funny for me though is it wasn't. It, it, it nothing really changed for me. I went from a job working in somebody else's office to working in my own office, and so it, it really didn't. A lot didn't change for me, right. but a lot changed for you because I took away your safety and your security. I took away that steady paycheck, and I had to say, "Okay, we're diving in. Mm-hmm. We're all in. Mm-hmm. We're burning the ships," as <laughs> Stephen Curtis Chapman would say. We burned the ships, and we went all in. Yep, we did. And, and did that mess with your female psyche? Do you remember? Um, I think there were times where, you know, it was a scary thing. Well, I know there were times when it was scary. But again, in looking back at it, even through the hard days and the really good days, I don't regret the things that we did. And I, I don't in in I don't know if maybe sometimes when it's further away in your mind, you don't think about it as much. But um, those made us stronger. Mm. All right, when we come back from the break, we're going to get into deep, you know, a lot deeper and talk about very specific things that, that impacted our marriage, our family, our personal walk. And we're going to talk very specifically about how it impacted everything about us. So, all right, listen, we got Martha and I are just trying to be transparent with you out there in the world that are listening about what is it really like, uh, what is it really like uh, to run a family business, and how do you deal with the balance issues? So anyway, that's what we're talking about today. If you want to participate in the discussion, you can certainly just text us during the show, 727-487-9863, 727-487-9863, and you can text us from anywhere in the country. But before we get back to our discussion, of course, as we do each and every day, it's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by... Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been part of the Largo community for over 29 years. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo, their 2,400 square foot stores open to the public seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S. Be the first person to call into our studio line today, 855-265-2929. That's 855-265-2929. And we will send you a copy of the book that we're highlighting today. Brought, uh, 
complimentary of my wife Martha and her staff at Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is written by Andy Stanley. The name of the book is When Work and Family Collide. Is your occupation also your preoccupation? Let's face it, with all the demands of the workplace and all the details of a family, it's only a matter of time before one bumps into the other. And many of us end up cheating our families when the commitments of both collide. In this book, Andy Stanley will help you establish priorities and boundaries to protect what you value most, your family. Learning the difference between saying your family is your priority and actually making them your priority. And you'll discover tested strategies for easing tensions at home and at work. To win this book, call into the studio line, 855-265-2929. That's 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. You can't wait for the movie. All right, we're back live and in studio. I've got my wife, Martha, by my side. So you got Jim and Martha Brangenberg talking about family-run businesses and the effect and impact on our family, Martha. And as we have spent so much time, really, we've been self-employed for the most part in one form or fashion since 1989, so for 25 years. Mm, that's a long time. It is a long time. <laughs> of course, we started when we were three, so we're only 28 today. Right, so that's right. good. All right, but, you know, Again, we're stepping into a time where we've thrown all, I've thrown all of our marbles back into self-employment. As we take I work for him, and the radio show goes to five days a week in November. We're four days a week. Uh, uh, really, we're four days a week this week. This week. And, and and so we've gone we've gone all in again. Uh, but let's I want to focus our time this segment on what was the what was the impact on us personally. Uh, for starting those businesses, you know, first we ran an insurance agency, and then we bought into a chain of insurance agencies, and then we started a car dealership in the midst of that, in the mid-90s, right in the middle of all that. What was the impact on our personal lives? I, you know, I could say for my own personal, personal life that it was so easy to get up, get right out of bed, and jump right into it. And and I think for, there was a lot of time where we get to the end of the day, and that's when I would read my Bible. That's when I would take my prayer time, except when I was in my car, but that that I put God at the end of my day. Mm-hmm. And I was also extraordinarily exhausted at the end of my day. And so I really think that in starting that business, I wish I'd known what I knew today. I wish I'd known back then that before I get out of bed, I need to do my prayer time. Before I do anything else, pick up the phone or look at anything. And of course, back then, the cell phones weren't dominating our lives. But the phone, was the, the, the landline phone was dominating our lives. I wish I'd just taken that quiet time in the morning just to get close to the Lord and listen to him before I got running, because I ran pretty hard and heavy. Yeah, you know, that's that's a really good point, because I think that, and that's something that we still don't do perfectly, because I enjoy reading at the end of the day, and um, so, but looking at it, being able to put those priorities at the beginning of the day would have been a good idea. And also maybe spending some time together, <laughs> recapping how we're going to spend our day. You know, I think maybe just that's something that we could learn from going forward is to spend more time together planning and just saying, hey, what we do now a little bit, just how's your day? What's it look like? Where are you going to be? Um, so we know when we can connect and uh, then praying to start our day. Well, and I think we are doing a better job. We're starting our day in prayer the night before. We're reviewing our days the next day. What's on the plate so we don't interrupt each other. But it's been it's been good to just 
at least get on the same page yeah. a little bit now, which we didn't do so good then because not only were we balancing two businesses back then, you're also balancing two children. Yeah, and you didn't know what time you were going to get up because it depended on what, they, what time they got up and what their needs were going to be early in the morning before the business day ever got started. All right, so let's talk about the, you know, we ran two different businesses. We ran an insurance agency, which was pretty much an eight to five business, except that I did a lot of appointments at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, I worked every night. I, I worked for really for six straight years. I worked Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, uh, which meant that usually Friday afternoons I would scoot away. So we'd have a little longer weekend. I didn't sell except for that one appointment um, to, uh, I can remember her first name. Uh, the I did one appointment on a weekend in all of those years. So I protected the weekends for the most part in the insurance business. Right. But then I got this great idea. All of our insurance clients would always call and say, hey, before I buy this car, what's it going to cost me my insurance? And, and we got this idea that, wow, I could connect this person up with this person up. We could sell cars, and I loved cars. I was a car freak, and, and so maybe we should do this as a real business. And, and so I threw the car business into the mix, and how did that change how you dealt with reality? Um, well, I mean, for one thing, that became way more consuming because people sometimes need cars at strange times um, or they want to see things on weekends um, when they're off of work. As opposed to just dealing with a billing question for insurance during the day, cars is a, a whole different way of looking at life, I think. So um, it threw the Saturdays for sure into a crazy busy yeah, schedule. It stole those Saturdays back. And I know both my kids, if they called into the show today and they were listening, you know, if you really want them to call in, that's fine. But they could talk about how really our Saturdays got stolen, at least in mornings, because we would go to the car dealership, we'd wash all the cars, or we'd bring them to our, our house and wash them in the middle of winter because we had a heated garage. But it, it, it took Saturdays. And so it really, for, for a while, really all the way until 2003 when we moved to Florida. It Okay, even until 2006. We, we sold cars until 2006. <laughs> it really took Saturdays away. It did. And I think one of the things probably in hindsight, and this is where it's just good to have the conversations about it, you don't really realize what a certain business might have for its needs and timing and to then protect other times, um, you know, in hindsight might be a good idea. Yeah. Now, okay. So let's talk about so the money stress. How do we deal with the money stress? Because you know, at, at, there was a time when when you were doing the books for both businesses and personally, and then I took over a little bit of this, a little bit of that. How did you deal with the money stress as a wife, as a mom, as my partner? How did the money stress affect you as a woman? Hmm. Well, I think that um, in in most marriages, money is stressful anyway because it's difficult to talk about it. We don't always tend to be on the same page and so but uh, most men and women when they get married they're always on the same page money-wise right no no it's one of those things that we avoid talking about I think in most situations which is dangerous because then uh, you don't have you know you're not thinking about where it's going to lead so um, I think that for us there, there was a lot of tension from it because we just had peaks and valleys in the money coming in and how do you know what you're going to spend for the, just the different care necessities and uh, vacations and things like that. We just really couldn't eat. We had a hard time planning. Well, I think one of the things that the money stress, the thing that was hard for us to learn was that the money in the business wasn't our money, mm-hmm. that you that you had to really delineate 
okay, this is you know you've got you've got money in the business. You need to take your profit, your law, your costs out of that, and then cut yourself a separate check. That that we had to learn. Hey, the checkbook for the business was not just a blank check to write it to ourselves. That we had to learn how to handle money in an ethical fashion in our own business. And trying to read the IRS regulations about that that that's not real super easy to figure out. <laughs> uh, so it is one of those things where we had to really learn on how to handle books. And they were, they were both very, very different because with the insurance policy, we were collecting premiums, which we never deposited those. We, we just brought those right to, the, right to the master agency. But in the car business, you know, we had costs in all those businesses. We had um, uh, – it is – we just had costs in those businesses, and, and we just had to learn. Yeah, and just, I, you know, for anybody, and something we just learned is that bookkeeping is an incredibly important part of running your own business. And a lot of people, that's not what they're thinking about when they're starting a business. They're not thinking about, well, how am I going to keep track of this, and what software am I going to use? They're looking at, I know how to build this thing, and I want to do it for a living. Or I know how to make something, or I know how to sell a service. And um, the reality is that if you don't handle your books properly, all of that's for nothing. Yeah, most people think <laughs> when they go into business, they think that it's just naturally going to be awesome, just like it was when they're, you know, a lot of people go into business because they're they're thinking, hey, I'm really good at this, and my boss is making all kinds of money on me, so I naturally should just go out and do it myself, and I'll make all the money for myself. But if, if you're going to write a business, the book that you absolutely have to have to read is called The E-Myth because it talks all about those people who start businesses because they think they're really good at it. But the, the issue is really when you're going to run your own business, you have to be good at managing, at book at, – you have to be managing, selling, um, doing HR work, doing accounting work. You have to be good at all of those things and – Cleaning the toilets and, and whatever else. And right. still do whatever the business is, too. That's right. All right, Martha, we were talking before the, the, the break about the money stress. Uh, let's talk about the time stress. And before we go at the end of the, the show, I really want to talk about some of the pitfalls of running a family business with other family members, which, I don't know, that's a kind of a nightmare scenario, or it could be. But we're, we're talking about the impact of us on our marriage. We talked at the beginning of the show, we talked about the impact on our, on our personal devotional life and how we really needed to uh, set up differently, how we needed to be more uh, intentional. We've learned that better over the years, but maybe you know, all those years back, you know, back in the mid-90s, we didn't do so well. But let's talk about today the impact on our marriage uh, and, and how that's added a stress to our marriage that two people working an, an eight to five job for somebody else it, it doesn't impact a marriage well I know that um, in thinking back there have been so many times when I've talked to people over the years and said that I worked with my husband in our different businesses and they would comment oh I could never work with my spouse and um, for us it was a highlight we loved the synergy we love the opportunity to be able to spend more time together and um, be able to complete what the other person may be short on you know that the, I love the customer service aspect of our insurance agency and I do not like to ask people for money so the selling part yep, I you love were to great sell. at that love so to we, ask for money we complimented each other and together we closed the deals and together we made that you know it a great business and so um I mean, we never enjoyed had to get that counseling. 
No, we didn't. We never had a yeah. council. But we enjoyed that. That wasn't we weren't forced to make that decision. That was something that we decided that we wanted to do. So that was really a positive part of it where a lot of people would you know, maybe they can't fathom that. Um but it's not all husband and wife businesses, like you said, it could be family businesses as well. Well that's a whole and, different dynamic. We might have yeah. to talk about that on a different day, but in our own family, l- let's talk about what we did to keep our marriage fresh during these times. I think one of the things we realized right away is that we had to take vacation. Yes. And we had very good friends that, that were very good at enticing us to come to Florida, which is why <laughs> we sit in Florida today. But our good friends, Lee and Karen, they, they challenged us to, uh, to go on vacation. And really, we got to the point where at least on a quarterly basis, we took some time off. Yep. Well, which when it was just the two of us, we quote unquote took time off. I mean, we, we went away, we, we stopped selling, so we stopped making money. And until we had a person in the office, we, we really just... You know, we took phone calls or we called in and picked up our voicemails and returned phone calls every once in a while. But we weren't, you know, we really couldn't take total vacations. But for the most part, we took vacations. Yeah, and I think we had technology in our favor at that point because we weren't as mobily able to do the things that you can today. And that can be a downfall. So, you know, we could say, you know, we're not there. We can handle this on Monday or we will just do the minimum and make sure people are taken care of or that they were paying attention to them. We didn't have cell phones. Cell phones weren't affordable until the 2000s, the first decade of of the 2000s. So we had voicemails. We had a cell phone, but it was for emergencies only because it was a buck a minute or 50 cents a minute or whatever. It was expensive. No texting on your phone or emails on your phone or any of that kind of stuff. People didn't even use emails much in the mid '90s. But you know, as we got to, as we bought our chain of insurance agencies, bought into the chain of insurance agencies, that's when technology started to get a little bit better. We had emails, but we also had a staff. So that was a whole different deal. Hey, I, I want to step aside. You know, we had a miraculous thing happen last night on on this <laughs> business that we're running, the I Work for Him radio program, and also we do with I Work for Him. We also um, uh, it mentor business people, mentor and consult with Christian business people. And we had last night on the show, Karis Hillman Brown, who's the daughter of uh, called TGIF for the next generation. And she wrote this book. Uh, her, her dad had written uh, devotionals, which made a huge impact on my life, which is why we have the I Work For Him show. But she wrote a book, devotionals for the, the generation Y and generation Zers that are in the workplace on how to be encouraged to be uh, be great ministers in their workplace, and she's awesome. We had a great conversation last night. If you missed the show, get a copy of the archive. I'm sure Mike will have it uploaded by the end of tonight's show, have it uploaded last night's show. Uh, we did some upgrades on the station last night, so Mike didn't get to put it out there last night for us, but the the conversation, it's already up. Mike is telling, saying it's already up, but we had such a great conversation, and Karis Hillman Brown did such a fantastic deal for us. She helped she sent out to all of her friends on Facebook saying, hey, like I work for him, I'm going to be on the radio show last night. And she did. And thanks to Kara Silman Brown, we went last night from 364 Facebook likes mm-hmm. to right now. We have on our page, we have 586 page likes on I Work For Him's page. So thank you to Kara Silman Brown and all of those new listeners that are listening today on the internet and listening in on um uh, on their phones, on their Droid, on their uh, on their Windows, not their Windows phone, their Android phone, their iPhone. But I just wanted to say thank you to all of you new listeners. To, oh, now we have 586 likes, so we just got another one. So <laughs> I uh, feel like we're the HSN, and we just sold another 
necktie. Or Be the next one to like. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So back to the family business. I think one of the things, so we learn how to deal with the time stress by taking vacations. And we have maintained that now where every quarter we spend a little bit more time. We, we spend time every quarter decompressing. Yes. It is so important to not um, – eliminate that from your lives and we did for many times we did um, go without taking that time away and it doesn't have to be extravagant a lot of people would be like oh I want a vacation every quarter but the point is to just get away from the business the point is to um, you need to work in such a way that you're that it can survive without you for a few days so that you can then rejuvenate and uh, get recharged. No, but the but the awful thing about being in business for yourself is that the work up to the vacation is usually a cram session. Yep. And when you get back, you usually pick up the pieces, but it was still worthwhile. Like at the beginning of this month, we, we, we let everybody know, hey, listen, we got to get away. Mm-hmm. We need to get away. We're about ready to head into four days a week and then five days a week, and we needed some planning time. I needed some studying time. And so we broke away and went to the mountains of, of uh, North Carolina and Georgia, no, North Carolina, and it didn't cost us much except for some drive time, but it was, it was, we just needed to be refreshed and we needed some Jim and Martha time. We did. And, and that thing where you don't have customers or you don't have whatever makes up your business needing you, you know, that you are being, as we say, sometimes the life being sucked out of you, you know, just being able to um, recharge a little bit. So. All right, so let's talk about the stress on our kids because I, I know that I could easily be a workaholic. You could easily be a workaholic. I mean, we both love to work. Yep. Uh, yet we had two kids uh, that, uh, and we had uh, a, a foster daughter and we had another, what we like to call foster daughter working for us. So we, had, we, had a, we had a big family and um, we were balancing all this. How do we manage the kids' stress? Because I'm not sure that we did such a great job. And again, you know, if one of our kids wants to call in and say, hey, here's how you screwed my life up. I'm taking counseling today. They certainly could. But, <laughs> you know, how do we, how do we handle it? Because, you know, I, 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 here's my perspective is that I worked Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday nights in the insurance business, and I made sure I was always home on Wednesday night. I was always home on Friday nights. We didn't work on weekends until we got the car dealership. Uh, but I, And when I got home, I was home. And I know that you know our kids you know, went to bed a lot later as little kids because you waited to put them to bed until I got home. Yep, we we rearranged our schedule so that we had some priority time. And and I would agree with you. I am sure that we didn't do everything perfect. Um, And that's one of the reasons we're being transparent and talking about it, so that other people can look at their lives and say, you know, what are we doing? What direction are we headed? Are we... um, too consumed are we too how are we spending our time and our kids I, I know that they complain today that all we ever did was go on vacation to florida but i would decompress on those quarterly vacations that we took you know a couple of times a year we would come to florida and i would drive the 28 mi- 28 hours from minnesota to florida and that would be my decompression time and they then the kids knew when we got to florida we were ready to play and we were ready to explore and have some fun and, and i think that was really good but managing the kids stress asking the kids how they're doing is important and really paying attention. But the other thing that we did on the nights when I was home, we always had dinner together. 
Yes. That was another way we managed our kids' stress. That's always been important to us. And being able to have that family time around the table, there's just nothing like it. And I would encourage anybody who's listening, if they're not doing that, to really try and pick at least, start with just one night a week. Start with one night that you know everybody can be home or make it a priority, change your schedules to be home, and really invest in your family in conversation and in good food. And as I learned... Don't clear the table as soon as everybody's done eating, but sit there, let it get cold. When you're done eating, let it sit and just have the conversation that God allows you to have that night. It's one of the secrets we give out to people on marriage retreats. Hey, you want to raise great kids? Have dinner together as a family with the TV off. Shut the TV up. We've been talking about the impact of running a business on your family, husband and wife kind of businesses. And as we're going through the show, we're realizing that we're going to have to have your family run business. Uh, show one, your family run business show two, and your family run business show three, because we haven't even really gotten to talking about when we ro- we're running a family business, husband and wife, and then we added employees. And then there's that family run business when you're doing it with moms and dads and sons and daughters and in-laws and cousins and nephews and nieces and aunts and uncles and Billy Bob the neighbor, you know. So that'll have to be another that'll have to be another show. But let's talk about what role our extended family played. Uh, you know, our moms and dads. Your my mom and dad never ran a business on their own. My dad always worked for the same company. My mom was a teacher, so they didn't understand self-employment. Uh, although my dad's dad was self-employed and uh, was a plumber, Martha. But your folks had always run a family-run business. They had. So that had been my life growing up. Um, that was I didn't know any differently. Um, my parents had businesses of their own and different things that they did. And so I kind of felt like that was somewhat natural for that to be a part of it. But I say it was a good example for me. And also, in hindsight, being able to just see how they did it, even though we didn't necessarily talk about how they did it, I saw what worked in that and what didn't work in that. would have been a good idea. Yeah, we probably should have asked them a few more questions. questions. But it's funny because all of, pretty much all of my siblings at one time or another have been self-employed and so more entrepreneurial in nature. But um, really, I think that one of the biggest things that our family did for us, besides just being able to see them in their own businesses, was we knew that our parents were always praying for us, that they were praying. And your grandparents, and our, as long as they and were my alive. Grandparents. Um, so praying for our wisdom, for our business, for our parenting, for our marriage, all of those things, just having that support and knowing that we were being lifted up more than just on our own, um, I think was one of the, probably the biggest encouragements. And then they were always cheerleaders for us and always checking in to see how we were doing and helping with the kids sometimes well, and, too. And right. They were cheerleaders. They were supporters. They bought their insurance from us or, you know, we programmed for your folks back in the late eighties <laughs> and early nineties and they bought cars from us to support them. I mean, they were, they were supporting us in ways that, that, that made sense for them. Uh, it, it was, it was an, a good example for us. Yes. Very much so. And then we were just talking about, you know, also during that time, another big support for us, especially in our young, um, when our kids were young, was being a part of a small Bible study group that met in our home that was actually, yeah, but in homes um, that actually was filled with a lot of entrepreneurs. And so we were like-minded, like struggles, not that we would all sit around and just talk about that, but we were all coming from that same angle of, you know, we got to do what we got to do to make a living for our families and support our family. But they also understood the value of that flexibility and the, the benefits that came with it too. 
Well, and, and it's it is funny. You know, I never thought about the fact. Well, one one couple they weren't entrepreneurial. But for regular, the majority, yeah. But just, but but everybody was, else, I never. You know, we yeah. didn't go into that group because we were all entrepreneurs. Right. We just were. We had naturally uh, morphed together as a group, and it was. You know, we went to Bible study group, and 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 we were encouraged. We got to talk about our business, but all of us were experiencing similar stress. You think God had anything to do with yeah, that? Yeah, probably. <laughs> kind of funny if we had thought about that then, mm-hmm. but you know, but but we had a lawyer, we had a franchise guy, we had a fix it, repair it guy, uh, we had your brother who had a security and. Business. Uh, I mean, so, you know, I think that going forward from that is that's one of the neat things that's come out of I work for him. Had we 15 years ago been thinking about better ways to incorporate Christ in our workplace, yeah. you know, just how revolutionary even that Bible study group would have been um, to be studying with that in mind. So yeah. that's really the, what's the best thing I think that can come out of this conversation is those listening and those that are in business for themselves really to pay attention and to say, you know, I want to do this with a bigger purpose, not just to bring home the bacon, but to do it to give glory to God. And how can I do that and incorporate Christ in all my aspects? So well, make I, that challenge. I agree. And, and if, I just wish we had known then what we know now. I mean, it's when you look at all the opportunities we missed, you know, I, we, we, we maximized some opportunities, but all the opportunities that we missed as a group in actually being Christ to our customers and to our vendors. You know, there was many opportunities, though, on my insurance appointments where unintentionally I had the opportunity to share my faith or unintentionally I had the opportunity to pray with people. But it was it was unintentional. I, I didn't you know, our, our church hadn't hadn't started training us up that way. And it was. Yeah, well, it, and I think God hadn't really worked on our hearts in that way either, and that's why this has been, you know, a process. But again, to just encourage the next generation and those that are currently in employment situations where they can bring that in and realize that this is our calling, this is where God has us, and how He's going to use us, and to do that for Him. Well, I, I mean, I work for Him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I think probably one of the most powerful thing that came out of that Bible study was the encouragement to get involved in Crown Financial Ministries, which that changed our married life. That changed the, our very existence as a couple because mm-hmm. all of a sudden we looked at money and our profession differently than we ever had before. I mean, it was it was a really big encouragement. So, what role did our you know we were we did volunteer youth ministry at that point in time we were involved in youth ministry mm-hmm. and it, what role did our church play in our uh, entrepreneurialism? I mean, what ro- role of encouragement did you see from a woman's standpoint? What role did you get encouraged to run a, that business? Well, I think that just goes back. I, I don't really think that people were talking about that at that point. Um, I don't recall. I think probably the biggest thing was just that I had the flexibility to be involved in things that maybe I wouldn't have been able to be involved if I had a nine to five job somewhere else where I could say, or you could say, Tuesday mornings, you're going to ladies Bible study. You're not going to work. You'll come in later and work. So, you know, that some flexibility that allowed me to be involved in the church in different ways. But I don't, I know for a fact that at that point we were being fed personally. We've always been in a church that has helped us to grow spiritually and be fed and get good teaching. But this part of it was 
not really revealed to us until recently that God has a calling on us in our workplace. Yeah, it's really in the last decade. I read Bob Buford's book in 2004. Mm-hmm. So it's really that in the last decade it's been open. All right. And it's sad because we're running out of time, but we didn't get a chance to talk about partner stress. We didn't get a chance to talk about um, you know employee stress, mergers and acquisitions because we went through one of those uh, roles and responsibilities. Let's just hit on that really quick. How do we figure out what our roles were with, you know, I, I knew I was going to sell the insurance. I knew you were going to help do the customer service, but there's a lot of the roles we had to fill. So how did we determine that? Do, we had a I, conference meeting, right? And we, we had board meeting. We voted, right? I, I think it was by accident. <laughs> Whatever was ball was dropped. We had to figure out who was going to pick that up. We had to figure out who was going to pick it up and who was going to take care of it. And, and um, you know, by the grace of God, we, we did figure it out. And we, I think the biggest thing for us was that we had pretty good communication that we talked about things and figured it out and said, you know what, this is the part I can do. And you would encourage me in that and the things you could do, you could, I would encourage you in. All right. So stay tuned for the next (laughs) family run business show that we do, because Martha and I've got lots more to talk about. There's so much we didn't cover today. And and perhaps you have a comment you didn't get a chance to make. So we've got to start closing out the show, but I want to thank you for listening as we talked about that today, but on tomorrow's show, that's right. Tomorrow we got our first Wednesday show, uh, which is just fantastic. We've got Thomas Dickerson coming and Thomas Dickerson runs a ministry called Calling All the Nations, and he'll be joining us to talk about his family-run ministry and the impact on his the ministry has on his marriage and his family. But he's also going to talk about how it took him eight years as a pastor before he came to Christ. What an incredible testimony. I can't wait for you to hear it. I spent some time with Thomas in the Dominican Republic back in 2009. I can't wait for you to hear his testimony. Mm-hmm. All right, the I Work For Him show is all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in a workplace. And I want you to ask yourself, are you a Christ follower? Is everything about you changing? Has Jesus impacted your life and turned it upside down? If you want to find all about allowing Jesus Christ to become a, the Lord of your life, email me. You can email either of us, Jim at IWorkForHim.com or Martha at IWorkForHim.com. We'd love to help you find out what does it mean to be a true Christ follower. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.